episode two of the Crane Credit Union podcast. I'm Michael Hossetler, ADP of Marketing for Joining me today is Darcy Hedges. Darcy is our compliance manager this year with numerous trips to schools to deliver supplies for our Education Essentials program. We'll be discussing how to avoid financial scams, card skimmer technology, and watching for signs of elder abuse. We appreciate you listening and urge you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Enjoy. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I know how much I get to work with the compliance manager in, in what I do in the marketing department. So but I'm not so familiar in what your role is in helping protect the credit and our members. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So at Crane Credit Union, compliance is a division of the risk management department. Being part of risk management, it is my responsibility to monitor um, fraud alerts um, through fraud prevention software that we use. I also work with branch staff if they identify something suspicious or outside of the norm for our members. Um, so I know one of the things that you help do is you protect the members against uh, you know, what, what might typically be called financial scams. So how would you characterize a financial scam? The legal definition of a financial scam is a fraudulent scheme or committed against property belonging to one person for another's own personal use and benefit. Basically what that boils down to is that there's fraudsters or criminals who are trying to gain access to their, your money directly through fraud and scams or indirectly by obtaining social security numbers to be able to apply for credit in your name or um, be able to use your sign-in credentials to gain access to your online banking. So what is one that you see most frequently now? I mean, what are some, some things that members should be aware of to be very suspicious of as they're conducting financial transactions and and monitoring their accounts? There's not really one that we can pinpoint. There are that are used um, on a regular basis by, by criminals. Um, the, sweetheart, uh, excuse me, the sweetheart scam is one that is very popular. That includes a deceitful relationship, not just an intimate relationship. These are often um, created online just as friendships, either through Facebook, Instagram, um, certain social chat rooms, and also dating sites. That's typically where that initial interaction begins. Fraudsters will essentially take years or months to build a relationship with the victim before they even start asking for money. So they have a lot of time devoted to this. Um, because it's successful for them. People, after 
so many contacts just begin to trust that they know who they're talking to and they don't. Lottery scams are another one that is pretty popular. Uh, victims are contacted by fraudsters who are notifying them of winning maybe a foreign lottery or some sort of a prize. Typically, the victim won't even remember applying for or playing in this lottery. The, the are very, very, um, they're effective in their sales pitch. Um, typically with those, the victim is told that in order to claim their winnings, they wire fees and taxes or gift cards to send or to give the calls, the, the um, account number and the PIN number so that the people can take the money off of that gift card before the victim realizes that they've been had. We also see secret shopper scams. Victims tend to apply for secret shopper positions online. These jobs can normally be found on Craigslist, job websites, um, the victim is sent a large check. They're told to deposit that to their personal account in order to purchase gift cards or money orders at the store. Then those items are sent to the criminals. By the time that the checks are returned to the credit union, the money is obviously already gone and the victim then becomes responsible for paying the return check and any associated fees with that. The impersonation scams where phone calls from fraudsters pretend to either be distant family members, local police, IRS agents, utility collection staff, or even bank employees. The callers <laughs> attempt to obtain account number information, personal identification information such as social security number, date of birth, anything that they to extend credit in the victim's name, or they'll even pressure the victim to make a payment over the phone and send gift cards um, to pay the fake bills, their warrants, or back taxes. These people, typically, the phone calls are very aggressive and they are threatening arrest warrants, they're threatening that your utilities are going to be shut off, or the family member is going to be sent to prison if don't send bail money, um, the victims tend to feel a sense of urgency to send the money. Then, of course, we always yeah, have debit like, card fraud. Mm -hmm. It seems like Go in ahead. these cases that, you know, people, it seems in these cases that people really prey on, on empathy or fear to, uh, to gain that trust or just to you know, make someone so anxious that, you know, they feel like they need to do something. So, you know, it's great advice for people to be weary of these types of items, but what happens if, as a consumer, as a credit union member, what do I do if, if I feel like, you know, maybe I've been uh, misdirected to do something that I shouldn't have? You know, what should be the first step? I, I, I should protect my information. So, right beginning, if you receive a phone call or receive a check mail, something that you're not expecting or something that just doesn't seem right, you can always call the credit union. We are very well educated in fraud and scams and we can help the members 
works, whether it's a legitimate transaction or not. If the member has already participated in the activity, at that point, if they something's not right, the member should go ahead and contact the credit union. Um, if they suspect fraud, we can shut down their debit card, we can limit services on their account. That will help to decrease the exposure to loss. Um, the credit union at that point can then advise the member on what to do next. That may include contacting the police, but you definitely mm -hmm. wanna get in contact with the credit union so we can help protect your account and your assets. So before that, how do I um, basically take, take one of these solicitations and how, how do I determine if it's real or not, um, you know, before it's, is there a way that I can check to make sure these things are true or, um, or should I just always just be suspicious and overprotective? If you are being contacted for something that you're not expecting, if you're told that you have won a lottery or a prize that you never entered into, if you receive a payroll check from somebody who is not your actual employer, or if you've received money or something that you weren't expecting, chances are it's not true. You do need to trust your gut instinct and that if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. That's really good advice. There's no such thing as free money, usually. That's um, with these types of scams, is there a particular uh, group people, demographic, age group that that these scammers try to try to hit? Or is it a kind of everybody is susceptible? Everybody is susceptible. And typically, you know, the impersonation scams where you receive a phone call, something like that, that kind of tends to um, go towards the, the elderly, um, members, the heart scam, that can affect all age groups, but that tends to be a little bit more middle age. Lottery scams, a lot of times is our elderly members, but the secret shopper scams, those tend to be younger people, people who are maybe looking for work at home jobs or something that's gonna have a flexible schedule, something that might be considered easy work. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it, it does go towards the, the younger age group, but we see fraud across all ages. It's amazing. Um, given some great examples here of, of you know, things that people should be aware of and the advice to, if it's too good to be true, it, it probably isn't true. Um, it seem like pretty sophisticated, uh, you know, mechanisms to, to you know, um, get money from, from people. How do you see scams evolving over time? I believe that as we become more dependent on technology, scams will become more intricate and even more difficult to trace. I think that relying on and trusting in technology and safeguards has given us a false sense of security. I think that we'll need to be very diligent in verifying website security, protecting their passwords. And remember that the fraud and scams tend to cycle. So the scam of yesterday 
few years is going to be the scam of tomorrow. They, they kind of go in and out through the generations. So um, I think that it's just going to be harder to track and they're going to become more sophisticated and uh, people are going to have to be very mindful of their finances or, or they could fall victim. Being mindful of your finances. So in your opinion, what's the first thing that someone should do to um, help ensure that no fraud is on their account or help them detect something before it's too late? Sure. So members need to be diligent in watching transactions and balances for anything out of the ordinary. They see a large drop in their balance. They need to look into that. If they see multiple small transactions that they don't remember, be mindful of that. If you use pay at the pump, you need to make sure that you're tracking your transactions um, because debit card skimmers can allow the criminals to gain access to your debit card. And so you may have one legitimate gas station purchase on Monday, not pump gas again until Friday, but you also have gas station purchases on say Tuesday and Thursday. Don't look out of the ordinary because they're probably gonna be a normal amount, but they're not your transactions. Crane Credit Union offers a lot of free, convenient services for members to be able to check on their balances and their accounts. We have online banking, mobile banking, and text alerts, and all of those are fantastic ways for a member to be aware of what's going on in their account. Yes. Thank you, Thank you for the uh, shameless plug for the online and and mobile banking services. I was just jotting that down, and certainly that's something that we'll we'll have to cover in in a future episode, or blog post, or something. So thanks for the great content idea. Uh, one of the yeah, things you mentioned was, was it does. I, I use it uh, every day. It's uh, it's a great way to monitor your accounts. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned was uh, a debit card skimmer. Can can you elaborate a little bit more for our listeners exactly what that is? Sure. A debit card skimmer is a small device that historically you could see, um, again, like you said, they've become more sophisticated. They are placed on the debit card terminals. And so what they do is they will capture your magnetic strip information so that the criminals will be able to gain access to that. They have software that directly links that skimmer back to their system so they can see all of those card numbers. Some even have tiny cameras that they can place um, in a close proximity to the numeric pad debit card machine so they can even track your keystrokes when you enter in your PIN number. These are typically found on ATM machines, gas station pumps, or um, the terminals, even at grocery stores. It's always a good idea before you swipe your debit card to make sure that you don't see any extensions. Whenever you go to press in the numbers, if you have to press extra hard to get that machine to register your entry, chances are there may be something that's placed over top of the actual machine itself. 
So just be mindful of how the machine looks. If anything that seems out of the norm, do not swipe your card. Find a store employee, a gas station attendant, whatever the case may be, just to double check that machine so that you're not putting yourself at risk. Does it matter if you use a debit card or credit card in these situations? Is one safer than the other? Not necessarily. Um, your liabilities are a little bit different, but that's based on who your debit card provider is, rather than through Visa, MasterCard, Discover, whatever the case may be. So I can't talk specifics on However, they're both a risk at this point because if the camera is on the machine, then the criminal's gonna have access to your PIN number. And so your liabilities are going to be a little bit different. So um, the, the first plan of action is going to be making sure that you're preventing fraud before it happens. So, so moving on to another topic that we, that we talked about a little bit before uh, podcast interview today, and I know something that have extensive training on here at the credit union as employees um, is is the issue of elder abuse. So, uh, can you characterize you know what exactly is elder abuse? Mm -hmm. Elder abuse is an intentional act or even a failure to act by a caregiver or another person in a relationship with that elder person. Um, that person is involving an expectation of trust and that can cause or create a risk of harm to an older adult. An older adult is typically someone over the age of 60 for certain classes of what we consider endangered adults can be much younger. Endangered adults can be people who have um, mental disabilities or a diminished mental capacity could be somebody who suffers from addictions, and so they're not able to make good conscious decisions. And if there is somebody who is taking advantage of those people, that could be considered elder abuse. Now, I know as the our population uh, tends to get older, and we certainly have more people who are in, you know, the baby boomer generation where, you know, there's a a huge influx of, of people joining the population. Now those people are getting older. See the elders becoming more prevalent now or uh, is, has it changed any in, in your career in the compliance uh, area of the credit union? Yes, absolutely. Our elder clients are definitely targeted. They tend to be more empathetic. Um, some of them tend to um, on people other than family, which puts them at risk. And, and there's, there's just a lot of things that put them at risk. So talk to a little bit about, you know, what the credit you to do as employees to help uh, notice signs of elder business things are going on. Can, can you talk a little bit about um, what Crane does for its staff to uh, help prevent these types of activities? Mm -hmm. The credit union conducts um, a required annual training for all employees from our executive staff all the way down to our frontline staff. 
We frequently receive articles or additional information that is sent out to employees to help to identify those risk factors, but also signs that there may be abuse going on. So what are some of those risk factors? Risk factors might be um, the elderly clients who don't have family either in close proximity or any family at all. They may be people who have been institutionalized in a nursing home or an assisted living facility, people who have court-ordered guardians given to them because they don't have family who are hands-on or you know, family who is close to help out. Um, and it, it really doesn't matter on education or how much money somebody has. All, all classes of the elderly tend to be preyed upon. Um, I read an article just recently that it's actually the most intelligent people who are the ones that are easily taken advantage of because they feel like their intelligence will keep them from becoming a victim. So they are very firm in what they're doing with their money. They are very confident that they would not not be tied up in a scam because they feel like they're much too smart for that. But these criminals are very good at what they do. And it is, they're in the business to take advantage of people. So so what types of, you know, we we have listeners who are uh, not just members, but also part of the credit union industry in the banking industry. So, you know, what types of signs are there that credit union staff members should be looking out for to suggest that elder abuse is taking place? In general, some signs of elder financial abuse would be balances that are decreasing without any lawful explanation, um, large cash withdrawals, things like that. Elderly members that are accompanied by another person who maybe controls the transaction or doesn't even allow our member to speak. If the person accompanying them is pushy and does all of the talking and, and the member themselves doesn't seem to have a voice in the transaction, that can sometimes be a clue that there may be some account takeover going on there. Um, members who can't remember transactions, but they don't have a diminished mental capacity. If they come in and say, hey, I saw this on my statement, but I just don't remember doing this. And you know that that person is sharp and, and you know, in their, their right mind, that might be an idea that somebody has gotten their account information. If you see checks that are payable to service providers that seem inflated based on the service provided, so if the memo line says, um, replacing conditioner filter or something like that, but the person was $500. That could maybe indicate that the person is being taken advantage of somebody who's doing work in their home. If their activity doesn't correlate with their lifestyle, if you have an elderly member who you know that they don't drive anymore, they've always come in with a caregiver, but yet they're going to apply for our loan, that could be an indicator. But then there's also other types of abuse that legally we have an obligation to watch for. Physical abuse, sexual abuse even, um, psychological abuse, willful 
and passive neglect are all forms of elder abuse. That, that kind of leads me to my next question. You know, what what types of steps can can members take to prevent themselves from becoming a victim of elder or what types of things should friends or family of those people be aware of or they, they might think that something's going on that, that shouldn't be? Mm -hmm. If someone close to a suspected victim feels like their loved one is being taken advantage of or abused, they have that legal obligation to report it. Um, it's our recommendation to contact Adult Protective Services immediately so that the, the elderly victim can get help as quickly as possible. Credit union employees who identify suspected abuse should immediately contact staff within the risk management department for next steps on reporting. Great tips. Well, Darcy, I think we're getting close to our time here. Thank you for all this wonderful information on, on fraud and, and elder abuse and scams. Um, appreciate your time today and, and uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Crane Credit Union podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions for the show, email us at marketing at cranecu.org. You can also send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, and we may answer it on our next episode. Please subscribe to the Crane Credit Union podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also learn more about Crane at our website at cranecu.org.